jungles of Southeast Asia. It is time for the Ed Namrock Podcast. Good night. I can't say afternoon or morning because I record this shit late, but um, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in another episode. And now I have to make another announcement because I know in the previous podcast, I announced that there was going to be a curfew for um, all wineries, breweries, restaurants that operate outdoors and serve food. Um, Just to recap that, uh, it's Friday tomorrow. And they start at 10 p.m. to, I believe, 6 a.m. That's the the night curfew. But now, today, um, our awesome fucking Governor Newsom, which I have a lot of bone to pick with, he uh, basically um, initiated a limited stay-at-home order, which, let me finish, prohibits all non-essential work, movement, and gatherings between 10 p.m. and 5 o'clock in the morning for counties who are still in the purple tier. So we're in the purple tier. Beeks, you're late. Shut the fuck up, man. And I love you, okay? Um, and he said that L.A. County will return to safer at home order in the count if the county experiences a five-day average of 4,500 new cases a day, or if hospitalizations exceed 2,000, which is very possible, very possible. But, um, you know, the the numbers are pretty crazy. And I know it's because, you know, flu and cold season is here too. Now sprinkle some coronavirus on top and it's going to be a fucking mess, man. Um, At this point, here's the thing. don't don't underestimate the the spreading of this fucking virus and um don't be questioning wearing a mask uh you know slow the spread you here's the thing the keyword is slow the spread you're not going to eliminate it entirely i know all you fucking kevins and karens are fucking bitching and whining and spitting on people at fucking trader joe's because you're stupid uh, and you think that's going to activate the 5g in the fucking atmosphere and then you're going to grow a second dick or some shit um but slow the spread. That's the goal. Um, Cause the last thing we need is a national fucking lockdown, which is in talks right now with this new administration that's coming in with Biden and Harris. Um, but just, a, just a quick announcement, a uh, quick reminder. Um, just the key thing too, is to keep your distance and wash your hands. Even if you don't have um, a fucking mask, uh, do something to cover your mouth, you know, do something. Um, the, the last thing you need is for you to fucking, um, you know, infect somebody else, you know? Uh, so that's, that's one thing you don't want. And that's something that I mentioned in the previous podcast, which is pretty fucked up. Um, which I'll recap real quick. Uh, a friend, my best friend's friend, uh, was out with her parents and her dad, uh, was going through chemotherapy and whatnot. And this crazy fucking bitch started spitting and coughing all over the places. And he was one of the ones that got hit with a droplets. Rest in peace. It's fucked up. But anyway, 
that's the announcement. But the real deal here, the podcast tonight is about some crazy stories and some good shit that I'm going to be talking about with this gentleman here that I've known since he was 18. What did Iron Mike say? You did the right thing. Just saying I don't want no one to get sick. Fuck no, man. You don't want to get sick, man. You don't. It sucks. I already talked about it in the last podcast. And let me just say this. Whatever your favorite food is, kiss it goodbye for two weeks because you're not going to taste it if you're lucky. Just saying. So, um, but without further ado, I would like to introduce my longtime friend and co- former colleague of a long time, Mr. DJ Rocker, otherwise known as Marcus Romero, aka you know- Mowgli, aka Nalgon. Uh, we have so many nicknames for each other, dude. It's freaking oh, ridiculous. Man. Good to go on for days, man. Thank you for having me, man. I I, oh. I appreciate you. I've been bothering you for how long already? Like not that long. I, I'm I'm like surprised you even wanted to <laughs> to get on. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know what you needed for this introduction? You needed like some little horns and some little like kids that go, yeah. That's scary, dude. You know what that reminds me of? I don't know if you watch <laughs> pro wrestling. Um, yes, but I there's did. this one uh guy, well, his name's Bray Wyatt, but he goes yeah, by the fiend. Of course. That shit hit home. And ever since I started, I mean, I haven't caught up with WWE ever since pandemic hit, dude, because it just changed. Um, that fucking character right there just really did it for me. And and then now he's got uh Alexa, uh, Alexa Bliss yeah. as I forgot what her role is, but she's fucking creepy too. And it, it's pretty cool, man. But nonetheless, yeah. I haven't caught up. But I got hey, back into wrestling because of my son uh, the last few months. Oh, wow. Been, really? Yeah. Like completely like, uh, I'm, I'm, crazy. I would say I'm like about a week late, but I'm pretty much caught up with all the wrestling right now. It's pretty wow. funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's fucking cool, dude. Like, yeah. So, I um I don't know where to start with you because I've known you for so damn long. I've known you since you turned 18. It's been a while. And man. and here here's the thing is I want to reminisce about a time where lions fucking roared in the jungle of Montebello, bro. Oh man. And and, and, you know, before, just to give everyone a background as to how we know each other, and I know your fan base now being DJ, DJ Rocca, I know I, I know it's it's small and strong, but um, a lot of people have been bugging me about, like, hey, when are you going to talk about the old Montebello Town Center fucking, you know, days? And I'm like, well, I first and foremost, I need to get someone that was there throughout those times and the people that I want to bring in are necessarily available and then perfect timing you come in and i'm just like okay <laughs> now we talk but, well let me just give people some context as to how i know you mm-hmm. so and then feel free to chime in and add in and sprinkle some of your uh your uh your story i i, I have been i was working already at what used to be called the Montebello town center since 2001 and I worked at uh, Walden Books. I don't know if you remember that store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into, I think, uh, Borders. And uh, then it eventually got taken down. 
Then I worked at Radio Shack and I never told you that story, Marcus, because that ended into it. That ended very, very messy. And we had to hire a lawyer because we were detained in Montebello City Jail um, because they were trying to pin a $200,000 inventory loss on three fucking chamacos that didn't know, didn't know any better. Let me guess, they were one of them. Yeah. (laughs) They were trying to coerce us to write a statement saying that we did it. Oh, wow. I never, you got to tell me that story. Uh, it was stupid. Um, we knew exactly who was the culprit. It was the manager, but the manager quit. So there was no one else to investigate. He basically evoked his fifth amendment, amendment right. Uh, we, I wrote statements saying, Hey, I took a pack of batteries and a uh, fucking whatever. It amounted to like 70 bucks, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'll bring it back. Cause I was going to pay for it anyway. Because, you know, back in the retail days, you know, you take something, uh, you take something, you know, you're going to pay for it. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, but now things are different. But so that ended into a mess. And then I took a year, I took two years off from working at a mall. And then uh, while working for singular wireless authorized dealers, I came across a singular wireless corporate job. I applied for it. Went to the training in Tustin. Uh, actually, no, I went to the uh, orientation in Tustin at that call center. And then uh, the trip, I don't know if this happened to you, Marcus. I'm pretty sure it did. But they didn't send me to train until after I started working, like three months after. Yeah, I, I ended up training when I got hired. Well, <clears throat> where do I start? Well, before, before we go that that far yeah. ahead, <laughs> that's... um. Be, uh, let me backtrack a little bit because you you actually we share this commonality with this fucking company. Um, and t- when I applied, uh, I was working for this company. I'm sure you know them called the Mobile Solution. That's where I came from. <laughs> yes. And I worked in Downey at the Stonewood Mall okay. and at Lakewood Mall. Uh, and for those, I mean, a lot of you listen to this podcast, but those watching hear the mobile solution, I was there at the mobile solution at the end of it, when shit was just hitting the fan left and right. I heard everything about what was going on with other stores. Yeah, Um, man. It was wild. It was wild. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. What's up, buddies? We're talking about some, some sales, uh, transas that took place back in the day. So stay tuned. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow, Gabe, really? You leave me, you leave my Montebello location. You don't feed me my, my delicious beer. You leave me. I, I don't forgive you for it, Gabriel. I don't. Okay, so we came from that environment. And for those who don't know that style of sales, kiosk sales, I'm sure, I, I mean, people who are around our age bracket, no, not, not the new generation. We were basically seducing you to come to us and give you, give us your money. There, it was it was it was weird knowing waking up in the morning and saying like, "Damn, how many people can I cuss in here?" Fuck yeah! Right. <laughs> I, I was like, "How many people can I fuck today?" Like, yeah, man, you know what's sad? Room, dude. Yeah, it, it was sad because. It was like I would always aim at the weakest bicep, you know, at the weakest yeah. dude, and like or like the the dumb girls that wanted like just the newest phone, and it was yeah. crazy, man. It was and it was such a high, fast paced 
environment yeah. that it was like, Miss, Miss, let me talk to you. Let me, oh, you know what kind of phone do you have? Oh, Miss, you yeah. dropped your phone. Oh, Miss, you dropped your, you know, your old pad. We'll throw a pamphlet in the floor. Oh, my God. Wow. What was, okay, let me ask you this question because you know this. <laughs> what was your favorite either line or technique to just basically just, I got you, bitch? For, for me, it was a handshake. Like, oh, how are you? Like, I was, I would stick my hand out. Once they, they would shake my hand, I would hold it just firmly <laughs> enough. <laughs> Firmly enough to pull up, like, oh, how are you? Like, and I, and I, oh, what's your name? Like, oh, you know, oh, nice meeting you. What kind of phone do you have? You know, like that was like my favorite way because it wasn't so much of a creep. It was more like a, like a, like introducing myself. But it was weird because wow. some of the other reps, some of the other reps would drop things. Like they'll drop their pen and they'll be like, oh, Miss King, give me my pen, and like yeah. they will. And once they pick it up, they'll be like, oh, let me talk to you and let me do this and let me do that. <laughs> Boris, I love it for The smart girl rule of thumb, always avoid the kiosk dudes. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Fuck that. Okay, so uh, Georgine chimed in. Um, that was my main target was the, the pretty the pretty girls. Okay. And it would always work because, um, and I'm you've seen it in action, man. Uh, yeah. we, we'll, we'll get to that part. Uh, but at the mobile solution, um, I would see they would purposely not make eye contact and they'd have their phone like this. So they wouldn't make eye contact. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, you have an you have an illegal antenna on your phone back when the phones had antenna. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, you have an illegal antenna on your phone. Watch. Come here. Let me see it. And I put it on, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I bring out a ruler. I fake like I had like a like a fake exacto knife and I tested. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's illegal. I'll go, you know, this stuff is cancerous. Right. And she was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, I go, let me help you out. I go, this one is cancer free. And I go like that. And I would, I swear, dude, I, I would pull out all the stops. And then the other technique I would use is um, I would pretend I was on the phone. Right. And I would time it. And I'm like, I'm like, what, who, the first person I see gets a free phone. Oh shit. All right. Hold on. Hey, I'll go like that. <laughs> Damn. It would work, dude, it would work. It oh, I don't would know. work. Man. I don't understand. I don't know if it was the, the times that we were living in, but people would fall for this shit. Like, I know I wouldn't fall for it now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand how that worked. <laughs> Look what Boris said. He's a cell phone guy's worst nightmare was to bump into another sales guy. <laughs> Can't get me, motherfucker. I know what you're doing. Hey, uh, what you, you know got. what? At that time, tell me at that time, whenever you would go to another store and they would try to sell, you'd be like, man, I sell cell phones. I know it's up. You would let them know. And, they, uh, and I'm like, hey, man, I, I know I know the hustle, man. And, and yeah, it was it was kind of like a a little sorority, too, because we we see each other at the same bars. Um, you know, someone who had a bad, I mean, I, I had plenty of fucking bad sales. They, everyone did. Yeah. Uh, so you needed to hang out with them afterwards and, and then just do something. But then the environment changed for you and I, yeah. um, well, I, I came first. I went to two kiosks. First, it was the Pico Rivera Gigante kiosk inside the goddamn supermarket, bro. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that, but that was short lived, but it was cool. Quotas are low and we got, we got to eat every day, free rockstar energy drinks because they didn't charge us because we were hooking up the whole store with phones. So fast forward, I get transferred to the Montebello mall and 
I was already lingering there and I already met you and the homegirl Satara. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I still talk to her. She's I cool, man. But she, she cool. I remember she was she was a banger too, man. And that was the key word back then: is you were a banger. Yeah, um, not like now, it's hot for people. Yeah, who, yeah. I now a banger is either the track's hot or the person or the girl yeah. is hot. But back then, when you were a banger, that means you could sell oh, fucking hell. you could sell shit to a dog, man. That's what it was. Yeah. And uh, then I met you, and I'm like, this motherfucker looked like like Mowgli from the Jungle Book. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And instantly we clicked. And then uh, then your story is, of course, that um, we both know how TMS ended. They were such yeah. a corrupt business, and Sorry. everyone was uh, was participating in t- in the uh, the glitch that happened with the system, and you know, making double the commission and whatnot. Yeah. So a lot of people oh, yeah. bailed. Uh, and then you then. It's funny comes, the way comes Marcus. The way I remember getting hired <clears throat> uh, at uh, what well, was Singular at the time. Yeah. Uh, prior weeks prior to me going to Singular. Well, we already was, knew you because we were right across from, right down the, down yeah. the hall from well, each other. Well, we ran into each other because yeah. there was two kiosks. Remember, there was the yeah. one by the, the one by the 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 food court, and there was the one by. It was like Vans, and it was like that's where we were right next to. <laughs> that's and, right. <laughs> and then, and it was funny because I remember two weeks prior. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows him, but his name was Alberto Espinosa, right? Rest in peace. Uh, we know him as Berto. So, yeah. yeah. So he was always like, "Hey, Dick," you know the way he used to talk. <laughs> "Hey, Dick, when are they gonna come over here and look for me?" He goes, "Fuck them guys," you know. Yeah. It was just so weird. Those two weeks were so awkward because yeah. um, it started getting into the 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 deal that there was already agents that were yeah. watching us. They were sending agents. And I remember I was able to see him on the top walking around. Yeah. I actually encountered one one time. He came up to me and he goes, hey, you're that guy, huh? You're the guy that could give me a couple cell phones if I only qualify for one. And I looked at him and I was like, Nah, man. Like he thought I was stupid. I, yeah. him, I was like, nah, nah, nah. I don't do that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't. It's not me. I don't know who you're talking about. But I could help you get your phone. And he was all like, No, no, it was you. You're Marcus, right? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, Marcus. Probably telling you the wrong information. So at that point, I got so scared. Yeah. That one of the guys, the other guys that I used to work with, he was like, dude, they went to my house. They're investigating me. They just want me to come in to act like everything's normal. But he spilled yeah. all the beans, you know? Once he spilled yeah. all the beans and that happened to me, I was like, I'm out of here, man. I went to, I went to Birdo and I'm like, yeah. I'm like I, I, I'm, I'll go quit right now. You want me to go quit right now? <laughs> I literally walked over to my manager whose name was, uh, his name was Uzi. I never forgot his yeah, name. Uzman. Yeah, Uzman. Yeah, Uzman. Yeah. And I went up to him. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm out. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm out. I quit. And then I walked over to the kiosk. And I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> I fucking quit right now. And he's all like, no way you did it. And I'm like, I just quit, bro. He, yeah. goes, he goes, fucking Mowgli. Come on, let's go get you. Fucking <laughs> this motherfucker literally went and just signed some paperwork. He's all, all right, Dick, start working. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm in my coat. He goes, don't worry about it. Just start working. Just start yeah, working. man. I don't know what he would do, but he he yeah. had so much pull and he created a badass team at one point that uh, when all hope was gone, he pulled out all the stops, man. And 
Ah, man, that was that was the that was the dream team at one point. I know there was another dream team there before us. Um, but when they left, that's paid, the, like the dynasty went with it and they were running on a fucking just bunch of rookies. And then he came along and that's when the whole dynamic changed. And I remember now, now speaking about singular AT&T, um, the one thing I would always remember about that fucking place is uh, we had two fucking kiosks. and. I don't know how we would decide if it was rock, paper, scissors, or flip a coin. I remember rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> You're on the shitty side. You knew, you never wanted to be on the side of the bag. Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't mind it because Victoria's Secret was right there and Hot Topic, and I would listen to good music. And then, you know, of course, in and out, you know, we were dogs back then and just checking all the girls coming in and out. Uh, but that was my target because I, I'm like, okay, if I could finesse these pretty girls that don't want to make any fucking eye contact, um, then the other side should be a breeze because you know, as well as I do, the other kiosk sold itself Yeah, yeah, yeah. and people would just come, come because the food court was right there. The location was so fucking perfect, man. And I would have bored say, oh, <laughs> and can hook you up with a family bundle, cable service, internet, and four tickets to Speed Zone <laughs> 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 to fucking um, uh, Pico Rivera Sports Arena. Uh, oh, oh, Daniel. Look, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> oh, my. That's another fond memory is Amanda. Um, I forgot uh, the two. Uh, Janet. And uh, uh, is it Rox? No, Roxy's Roxanne. mom. I forgot. Is it no? Her mom, the, the Armenian lady, right? Yes, I lady. forgot her name. Yeah, I don't remember her oh, name. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, Vita used to work at Daniel's. That's right too. Yeah. Um. Fuck, man, it was good times, man. And it was. well, he, that's one thing I remember is deciding who was gonna go to uh, what side, and we started giving each other nicknames, and then I remember. We would drink uh, either coffee or you. You like the the rock stars, right? Yeah, I used to drink a lot, a lot of yeah. rock stars. Yeah, yeah, we all did, dude. And then we would cheer you like ah, to the big asses like that, and just start <laughs> clanking them. Like, ah, yeah, we miss you too, Amanda. But we're 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 reminiscing about that, those times. And oh, another thing I never forgot is Smiley. Oh, Smiley. And I think he's still alive, man. Yeah. He, he was, was a bodybuilder right? in India. Huh? The guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, News okay. Plus was the name of the fucking store. And um, it was the name of his worker. I always used to think he was gay, but he was a cool. Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, yes, yeah, Sonia. Sonia. Okay, Sonia at the, at the, Daniel. no, Sonia at the Daniels. Yeah. But Smiley's co worker was, oh, what was his name? Damn. It was Daniel, um, right? I think so. But he was yeah. cool too. But oh, I don't, I don't cool. think he was gay, dude. No, he, he just like, for me, for example, my, my gator is very high, dude. <laughs> but no, what he was is I think he was um uh, a cosplayer. Like he was into I think Harry Potter. Oh, okay, okay. So he was always kind of in character the whole time. And uh I don't know if Amanda remembers him, but how about, how about uh, you remember Watch, the 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 ice cream guy? Yes, he's still there. Oh yeah, yeah. That I he do know. He is still there. He he looks the same. That guy has not aged. Him and his uh 
his uh, his wife, dude. Oh my god, Chris, what's, what's up, up, dude? Do you, do you remember Chris Castaneda? Yeah. yeah, he 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 was part of that dynasty before before us, and he got his own store, I believe, in I want to say Inglewood. Story, I got a story for everybody like that's gonna tune in and watch. I'm not gonna say his name, yeah, but I know you're gonna know who it is. Yeah, I, it, it would a trip that the way he would sell cell phones that just came to my mind when I was already at, at Singular at the time. But this dude used to sell it to guys showing them porn. Like, hey man, did you know you can watch porn on your phone? And the guys would be like, nah, nah, nah. Really? Like you can watch porn. This motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker would start selling. Bro, I I can I bro, I seen him a couple of times doing it, and I could not fucking believe it. And he would sell two or three. I remember months. this? Yes, and I mean, I he's not on Facebook or social media, but and I don't mean to throw him under the bus whatsoever because I've known him personally, but that was just how it worked. Uh, his yeah. name is Philly. <laughs> yeah, Philly. I wasn't gonna say his name, but yeah, it's yeah. To sell him. I mean, that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, nobody knows the guy, but um, yeah. Mm. but yeah, you're absolutely right. He um, he not 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 only that, but he also had um the Girls Gone Wild uh DVDs on his phone. And look at Georgine porn. I would have been so <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of so course, Georgine. You want four phones? You want five, but you only qualify for two. Um, no, it, it, and it's it's trippy. We all had our different techniques. We all had our different um, rapport with our with our customers. Uh, but one thing I remember about you is um, what was that one thing you would always tell people, uh, whether they were price us or just um, uh, just common folk that would come by. Um, what was so, your line? So, you know your line, dude. What was the line? It was like a I very. I had a couple of them. One of them was um, like, "Hey, orale, señor, somos raza, que ayudarlo la raza," and then the guys would be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're raza." Let's help each other out. And they're like, okay. you know, people would pass by, and I'm be like, "Orale, señor, vente pa acá, vente, vente, la especial del día," like all Mexican and. They'll look at me yeah. and be like, all right, all right, cool. Well, what kind of special you got? You know? No, and then I think work. one time, I even one time I've seen you like, ¿Dónde está la esposa? And, oh, ya está. No, no, no le diga nada. Venga para acá. Venga, venga. Venga, venga. And then oh, we were basically. I um, to tell him, ¿Quién tiene los pantalones? ¿Usted o ella? Yeah. We would play the fucking machismo machismo game yeah, dude, dude it's funny because uh amanda and sonia vita all the girls there and uh and um fidel dude manager oh. fidel um they they were they would just trip out they would just sit on like, these motherfuckers look at these guys i'm surprised we never got like sued or in trouble no you know what we did get in trouble for was hawking uh-huh. uh, we weren't not, supposed to do it we weren't allowed to greet and I'm like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. I'm like, I, I'm not a mute. Like, I can say hi. And I remember the, um, in 2006, early 2006, the manager, uh, really pretty girl, really short. I forgot her name. Um, but she's like, no, you guys can't do that. And your sign is backwards and your sign's got to be like this. 
And I'm like, just let me sell you a phone and I will pretty much take care of you, whatever you want. I'll let you, I'll pay your bill here. You don't have to go anywhere else. You have to mail it. And she looked at me, she was like, okay. <laughs> and ever since then, I had a call, you know, the man I had a call, Berto. I'm like, hey, mall manager, got to take care of her. He's like, all right, dickhead, get her everything. <laughs> then go in the inventory room, get her this, get her that. I'm like, okay, cool. Fucking inventory that, room was way at the end of the, remember that? We had to take the bus, bro. It was way in the corner at the end, outside. Like, dude, that 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 place was crazy, man. Was yeah, crazy. yeah. I see. Chris says we weren't supposed to agree. I don't even know if it was written in the policy or the the employee manual. Um, but fuck. Oh yeah, look, Amanda. I would send you guys customers after they bought jewelry with me, and vice versa, First man. Day, because yeah. you know all the paisanos, dude. They're all about the gold, man. And you know then, at, at Daniel's, I remember at the time it was so easy to get credit that everybody was popping out with like little fucking chains. Everybody wanted to wear a, chain, <laughs> a ring, a necklace. I didn't, I didn't get that about you guys. I don't know why. You know who started it? Martillo, bro. Yeah, that, Gustavo, man. Gustavo. They, they, I, I, they love that guy. Goodwill Silver a lot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, 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 end for me, that ended in 2008, it was a big mess. Um, and then you got transferred out. Um, and then we didn't see it. We all went our separate ways. And then I want to, I want to working for Washington mutual. Oh, wow. Right. When they, right. When they went bankrupt, dude. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Bought out by Chase bank, dude. Were you and, a banker uh, or a teller? No, it was just a bank. I was a bank teller and I was about to move to, um, uh, to personal banker, but check this out. Uh, I got fired from that job for a transaction that came back fraudulent, man. And that's what you sign up for. Like if, even if you don't have any control over the situation and you took all the, uh, the initial steps to, to prevent it, if it comes back fraudulent, you're fucked. You're automatically terminated. And it was a $1,350 withdraw- cash withdrawal uh, that some short little cute Asian girl uh, did. And I even asked her about her last name because her first name was Olive. Her last name was Jackson. And just to prevent from any kind of you know racial profile or anything like that, I'm like, oh, Jackson. I'm like, that's an interesting one. Yeah, my husband's black. Cool. Uh, All right. Checked everything. Got the money out. And... Yeah, dude. It's like fuck. How much money yeah, was so it? It was thirteen hundred dollars, thirteen fifty. So I was like, shit, dude. And uh she the lady called the branch. She goes, Hey, some money's missing from my account. What the fuck? And that was it. But I took my vacation before that <laughs> just to use up my PTO. And I came back. And I'm like, hey, when I come back, I, I think that's it, huh? And he's like, fuck, he's like, I'm gonna try to fight for you while you're gone. I'll he's tell like, you. More than likely, no. It has to do with fraud. Um, Yeah. I ended up working for uh, Sprint for a small period of time, less than a year. And I actually, I had never gotten fired from anywhere. And that was the only job that I've ever got fired. But I I was on vacation and I got a call saying that um, they had found out that they knew that I was stealing 
um, phones and that I was stealing equipment, uh, like speakers and shit like that. Well, I, was stealing, I was never stealing anything. I was being smart about it because at Sprint at the time, there was so much fraudulent stuff. So what I was doing is I was actually buying uh, some of the equipment and then buying, uh, I was buying the phones back, like the used phones. And then yeah. I would buy it for like a hundred bucks and then I would yeah. turn around and buy it for 300 and then I would buy speakers, right? I would mm-hmm. buy the speakers at my discounted price, but I was buying so much discounted shit. Oh yeah. They were like, dude, like this guy's doing something weird, but it was just me buying stuff at my discounted rate. And then I was selling it outside on the street for more. So yeah. I, was making, I was making money for like a good five months. And, um, and it was a girl that got upset that I bought off five cell phones from a guy, and it was it was supposed to she was supposed to buy it, and she got pissed off and threw me. Oh the- man, that's that's so fucked up. That <laughs> uh, that's the whole. What what location was this? This was the location uh, in Universal, uh, Univ- uh, Studio City. Studio oh, City. okay. Because I worked for Sprint um, for almost. Uh, well, for the first, I worked for a dealer. This is post um, post Chase Bank, right? Uh-huh. And because I knew you were with AT and T for like another five years after that. Yeah, I think total um, AT and T. Your last year was what twenty twelve? Yeah, like eight years, well, almost nine. Almost. Yeah. Nine. So with, with one year off, right? Yeah, with one year off. Yeah. Yeah. So I wound up going to. I sold karaoke machines for almost a year and a half. Believe what? it or not. Yeah. And great job, but dude, that that ended in disaster because that place was just a political mess, dude. And then um, I ended up uh, quitting and then getting fired, which is the rarest thing ever. But I, I'm I'm glad that's that's over with because that was a mess. Then I get then I get a job at the West Covina Mall at a sprint kiosk. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it another shot. It's been, I, f- I felt like fucking Michael Jordan uh, joining the fucking wa- the Washington Wizards, bro. You were just trying, you were giving it your last, uh, your last uh, push, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's see if I could win a Super Bowl or even make the playoffs. Let's see what happens. But no, by then, 2011 was just a whole different game, dude. A lot of things changed. Uh, there was a lot, there was a lot of rules. Uh, our competitor was right across from us, Best Buy Mobile. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the the um, the 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 good part. Oh my God, Bodhi said <laughs> one last tranza, <laughs> and then um, you know, the, it was uh, then that's when I met uh my manager at the time, which was uh, Carlos. Uh, and to this day, man, I still talk to this guy, and you know the homie Preston. Uh, Andre, I met a whole group of people that taught me a different aspect of the art of closing, not just sales, dude, but closing. And I saw techniques, dude, that I've never seen before, man. From the simple, the greet to, you know, building the rapport like as quickly, like within 30 seconds. And then closing and swiping the credit card and then activating the phones. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, what's that? Did they ever teach you the T? Like right, right, right when you get them. Yeah. 
hey, you know what? The pros and the cons. Like, come, what are you getting yeah. here? Bah, bah, bah. Like, what are you getting here? And then you're like, you're going to get this more here. This, yeah. more, this more. What else? What do you have to think about? Let's you know what's it. interesting, Marcus, is I fucking learned that you don't write anything in black ink. Yeah, because I, I, color marketing states apparently uh, this is alleged. I don't know if it's factual, but color marketing states that black is a very intimidating color. Uh, blue is the more warming color, and red creates um, kind of hormonal, makes you angry, and then yellow makes you anxious. That's why a lot of fast food restaurants, Marcus, are red and yellow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? Think about yeah, Carl. old techniques. Carl. Yeah, yeah. Carl's Jr., McDonald's, Burger King, um, In and Out, wow. uh, Raising Canes, uh, Chick Fil A is red. Like that's what I mean. Like it's hormonal. Um, but you know that was it was good, dude. And then this uh, December twenty eleven, dude. During the holidays, that was the worst performance of my life, dude. Actually, no, I take that back. It wasn't. It was my second worst performance. I flopped. I could, I could not sell shit, dude, for some reason. Selling or was it because you were not into it anymore? I don't. I, I think my, I have one foot out, dude. That's what it was. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I, I'm like, dude, I'm in a fucking mall again. And this is, I'm like, is this real life? So they transferred me to a different store. Um, it was slower. And I'm like, God, dude, here we go again. So, and then I went back. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go work for Sprint Corporate in Westwood, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Right down the street from UCLA. And oh my God, Marcus, let me, this is one thing I don't think I've ever told you. That Westwood store is right off of Westwood Boulevard uh, in uh, Ohio, right down the street from Wilshire where the Westwood Village is, right? Yeah. And it was a, considered what is called an A store. I don't know if you remember that. Because yeah, yeah. uh, we offered repair and uh, and all that shit. Guess who my customers there were, man? The people from AT and T. No, you're gonna trip out on this. One of my customers, I still have her number to this day, but I don't know why I would call her for any fucking reason. Is Vida Guerra? Ah, okay, the model, the model. Yeah, okay. that was one. Uh, Josh Brolin, actor. Oh wow. Okay. Um, what's that other guy's uh, name? Uh, Cat Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Dave Chappelle. And these were your customers. Like they would come in and buy. Yeah, they would just, they would actually park in meter parking and then come in. And I was like, oh my God, look at Martillo. Good time. Hey, Fuck, man. Finally tuned in, bro. Finally uh, tuned in. I know. And, and dude, I- that place is long gone. Memories are only on our head, dude, from here on out, man. I, 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 I miss everyone there. Um, yeah. But no, but back to the Westwood store, dude. And then every fucking week, bro. Oh my God. Look at Josh. You had me at Vida, bro. <laughs> but wait till, wait, Josh, wait till you hear this one. So um, every, well, at least once or twice a week, Marcus, before we would close at eight. Yeah. We wouldn't close at nine. Um, at 7.55, at least once a fucking week. I'd be closing the door and I look up. I'm like, oh, God damn. Why? Guess who would always come in? Late. Yes. Be the guy. I wish. No. <laughs> Shug Knight. 
No, really? Yeah, man. And it was one of those like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not very intimidated by a whole lot of people unless they're a professional athlete, like a football player, UFC fighter, or a guy like that guy. Cause that I'm like looked at him, I'm like, God damn. But I would always uh address him as Mr. Knight. Yeah. I never never called him Suge. Cause I knew how he would I would see how he would treat some of the people on our staff when they called him Suge. I would always call him Mr. Knight and his whole demeanor would change, Marcus. And yeah. um hmm. and the uh, fuck man, the the reason he would come in is because really cool though. Like, it was. He told me a lot of stories. He told me a lot of stories about Tupac. Um, I never asked him the question because I didn't yeah. want to. Oh. Uh, I, even though everyone's like, dude, you, you talked to him real well. Can you ask, ask him who killed Tupac? And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking ask him that, dude, because Tupac's dead. You're not going to let the homie fucking rest in peace, dude. And exactly. um, and he would come in with his daughter and they would just, they smelled of the dankest weed ever, dude. It was I'm like, sorry. fuck, man. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted here. Um, they wrote, uh, Chris said, BJ, how no, it was Applebee's. Oh, okay, uh, so let, let's, let's... It was, we used to go to, uh, what's that Asian place a lot? Oh, um, Ikari, Sushi. Sushi, yeah, that was yeah. a spot. When yeah. I, I wouldn't go to BJ's a lot with Berto or Applebee's. It was always, uh, let's go to, um, oh, what was the name of that spot? What's the name of the... Um, Oh, I can't believe I'm Benny Hanna. Benny Hanna. Hey, let's go to Benny Hanna. Hanna. Hey, Dave, let's go to Benny Hanna's. I'll Benny put it on the P card. Yeah. <laughs> put it on the P card. Yeah. And yeah. What, what's what's funny is that um, I remember one time Berto, uh, still, I fucking rest in peace, Berto, man. He had a um, a contest, remember, to see who would sell more and he would take us to the movies right there at AMC. Yeah, and then was, Chris said it was before you guys. Actually, Chris, no, I was part of your crew until I was there too. <laughs> yeah, until Pedro Infante transferred me out because apparently, um, th- this is before you too, Marcus. Uh, there was one guy on that legacy team that I did not like at all, man. Oh man, I like I'm know. like, dude, I'm gonna fuck this dude up because I, you, his name was Joel uh, uh, Jaramillo or something oh, like that. I didn't like the way he carried himself. I didn't like his demeanor. I didn't like his tone and delivery. He called me a, a punk ass pimple face kid one time. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm just waiting. And then I try to avoid him. And then one time I left early uh, because I had told him um, that I will be back uh, because I was going to go uh, get some food. And I got in trouble for not clocking out for lunch because back then you would just fill it on the Excel sheet and that food threw, threw me under the bus and they transferred, they transferred me to the AT&T singular store, um, Beverly and Montebello. And that's when I met Mr. Ramon Corral, who's still with the company. That's great. You know, who's still with the company too. I know Gomez. No, I nicknamed him the Grinch Sergio. Oh man, he that's another guy I've been wanting to have on the podcast because I still talk to him. He's going on 15 fucking years, dude. Right? That's crazy. And he still he smokes, is the last of the Mohicans. Still fucking smokes like a chimney. Starbucks. Still and smoke dick. Papa Pimple Playboy. <laughs> and I, I told him I'm like, hey, you gotta come on. We have because him and I started 
at the same uh, Pico Rivera Gigante kiosk because it was only me and him, dude. We would work literally seven days a week. Wow. And then my homie Jose came in and he he got hired there too. And uh, Chris knows who Jose is because Jose was just, oh man, when he Jose went to Chris's store, he was just a nightmare. He could not get up and fucking show up on time. I think he was also checked out too. But um, anyway, good times, man. But, you know, back to Westwood. Um, so Suge Knight, um, would fucking, you're going to laugh, dude. You got a Blackberry, right? Remember the Blackberry curves when they were in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, he used to call me young man. Yeah. He's a young man, young man. I'm like, what's up, Mr. Knight? How, how can I help you? I need you. I need you to help me set up my gangster mail. And I'm like, your, your gangster mail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like show me yeah, yeah, yeah this thing right here gangster mail and i'm like oh your gmail he's like yeah gmail man you know what i'm saying he's like gangster mail and i'm just in my head going wow and he couldn't read or write man no way yeah i mean he had some literacy mm-hmm. but not fully man not to the fullest extent and i mean i didn't want to judge the guy because Fuck me. Oh my God. Look who popped in. Oh, Fucking Miklo. Did you did you know about spices? Did you know about spices, Edgar? Uh spices right there in West Covina, right? No, it was uh well the reason he mentioned it. When I was still at the kiosk, this is this was I, I, I didn't hang I out see. with you that much. Yeah, oh my was, god, look at Chris, look what Chris said. Yo, Ed, so true story. I was supposed to go to the Higante kiosk and you could and I convinced Pedro to send you. <laughs> what a dick. He's like, send the rookie, dude. Fuck. Funny, but it was something w- around the lines where spicy me and me and, me and uh me and fucking uh Mario we started yeah. going strip club like every fucking mm. yes i remember now yes yeah, so yeah Mario, it was Mario um was the first guy to take me to my first strip club ever oh wow okay yeah. so he was like hey have you ever been to a strip club i was like acting like i did i'm like okay yeah let's go so i'll fucking tell the story this show is crazy so spices and whittier right it was whittier yeah yeah right across from the 7-eleven mario Saved my fucking life at 18 years old, bro. We Shut go the fuck the, up. I swear to God, we go inside the fucking strip club, and he thinks I've been to a strip club, which I oh no, right? So I not even fucking five minutes, bro. I sit down, and a girl comes up to me, and I'm like, "All right, cool." She takes me, and Mario's all like, "You're going already?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, she just pulled me, so I go to the back and I sit down. The girl starts doing her thing. And I'm just sitting there enjoying a song goes by, two songs go by, <laughs> three songs go by, four songs, five songs, six songs, and like at the eighth oh, song, no. you remember how expensive they were back then? That's right? at least a like that's at least a thousand dollars, man. Like thirty-five dollars a song or something like that. Yeah. And uh eight or nine songs go by, or a little bit more, and she goes, Hey, uh, when do you want me to stop? And I look at her and I'm like, I don't know. When are you going to stop? You know? 
she fucking looks at me and she's all like, what are you oh, talking no. about? And I'm like, well, you oh, shit, me. man. I'm like, you pulled me back here. I, I don't know. Like, and at this time, Mario's in the front, just fucking chilling there, like by himself. Yeah. So um, the girl starts crying. Oh, you're fucking another fucking asshole. Da, da, da. And I'm like, shocked, bro. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm like, why? Oh, you? no. So the guard comes back and he goes, come here, come here, son, come here. And I go, what happened? And he goes, you oldest girl, I think he said like 600 bucks. And I'm oh, like, shit. What? And I'm like, I didn't do nothing to her. <laughs> I'm like, I literally sat down the whole time. And Mario goes, what the fuck? Did you, did you fuck her? What did you do to her? <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro, I didn't do anything. Like, I just sat there, you know? <laughs> Mario's like, what are we going to do? Because the guards came in and they looked like they wanted to beat us up, bro. Oh, and shit. I, I'm, no. like, I'm like a scared little kid, bro. Like, what? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen to me? So Mario goes, go to your bank account. Go to your bank account. And then I'm like, fuck, well, my check hadn't kicked in yet for the next yeah. day. It was like a Thursday night. And I'm like, damn, I only have like 350 bucks or something like that. He goes, bring it all out. That fool shot me the rest of the money. Which oh, was- my God, <laughs> dude. He gave me like a 280, 300 bucks, bro. So he gave me the money, and I fucking got it. And they didn't, they weren't letting us go, bro. They were like standing there, like making sure the girl got paid. The girl's fucking crying her eyes out and shit. Oh, my so, God. Like, yeah, so Mario, I was like, go give it to her. Bro. I don't want to fucking see this girl. He fucking goes, gives it to her, and then they're like, we don't want to see you guys back. And I'm like, what? Yeah, but Mario saved my life that day. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking Mario, dude. My first time at a fucking strip. Holy shit. And I remember I had a customer from Spicy's. Um, Her name was Vanessa, I think. Yeah. Uh, She would always go to Hollister. And uh, now it makes sense why she would always mad dog you when she would come. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know what girl it was, man. It She's was really pretty. She, I'm like, she was actually too pretty to be a stripper. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, look at Mario. The moral of the story is we had to find another strip club. <laughs> no, it, that, chick, it, that chicken I, thought she had paid rent with you. Fuck, <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, and that's what, dude, that's that was, fucking that's crazy. I, that's what I get for trying to act hard with Mario. I was trying to be all cool. Yeah, I've been to a strip club. Like, I'm 18. Mario years Captain Save a Ho. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is um, we had gone to, um, when was this? This was around, yeah, again, two, 2006 was a crazy fucking year for, for that whole crew. Yeah. And um, I remember it was around August, late August, early September, right before, I think, Labor Day. Nicolas. Uh, Nicolas. If you've been there, you're immune to coronavirus. Well, for some people. (laughs) But uh, I think it was um, Imperial Showgirls and Pico Rivera off of Passings. And uh, we went there with. they protested like yes do you remember that yeah standing outside like they wanted it closed yeah they were they were basically like you know calling us heathens and sinners and 
whatever. I'm like, look, man, yeah, I'm not here to for any of that. So we went in there and back then they just had like party chairs, bro. Yeah. The regular, like regular yeah, before they got the whole place outfitted. And that was fun, dude. And you know, the lap dances back then were only like ten dollars. So um and it's like, fuck, dude, it's it's crazy. What is it? Yeah, on Washington. No, it wasn't Washington. It was uh, Slauson and Passons. Yeah, right after the train tracks. Man, you remember and really well, bro. I've, I'm cursed <laughs> with a really good memory, dude. You're, you're, never, you're not going to believe it. And Chris said it's a culiche, it's a culiche town now. Yes, it is, actually. Um, but I remember that. And then I remember back in the day, <laughs> fuck dude. I remember, um, one, I'm not going to say her name. Mm. One of our old, uh, colleagues at AT&T singular was working there and had no idea we would go. We were going there. I know who it is. Yes. And it I'm like, that used to work at Verizon on the top. Yes. Yes. And I, I saw her and I'm like, what are you doing here? She goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, you want some money? <laughs> she's like, no, not from you. And I'm like, well, go, go hustle. Don't worry about us. She yeah. goes, I don't want you guys to see me naked. I'm like, bitch, please. Come on. I go, just do your goddamn thing. And you know, we'll, we'll fucking, we'll talk about it later. No, but she was really good at it because she was also in sales and and yeah, she was trying to buy a BMW or some shit like that. And that was easy money for her. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I wasn't mad, dude. What the fuck? Like, you know, now now it makes sense how a lot of these girls that we knew were either go-go dancing, uh, they were stripping, or they were doing private parties on top of it was like their Uber and Lyft, man. That's basically what they were doing. Yeah. And um, I I never hated the game, dude. I never hated the player. I'm just like, hey, man, whatever, whatever means to survive, which which brings me to something I discovered about you that I did not even fucking know you did until like. That I was <sighs> you found out yeah, that you were a fucking <laughs> <laughs> that you owned a culichi. Town. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were a fucking DJ, bro. Yeah. How did that happen? How did that even start? Man, I'm I, I never I even knew. I was already, when I was working at AT&T, I was already like, well, when I just got hired at Singular, I was hot. Like, at that time, I was DJing everywhere. I was one of the only DJs, like, in in, in LA. You could probably count them. I was probably, like, what you were you were spinning? I remember you told me. Remember that all ages club off of Norwalk? Yeah, it was called. Oh my god, that's so funny! It was uh, called Strawberry Sundays. Strawberry called, Sundays, and then there was another one. You could literally uh, see it right off the exit. It was Strawberry Sunday. Um, there was a few of them. There were. I didn't play at all of them. The one that I. But played you invited was, me to one of those. I think you were spinning at that one, and I got so trash, bro. But I, I it was it was an eighteen and over club. The one I was inviting everybody, uh, it was called Baja Sundays, but that was 21 and over. Yeah. That was 21 and I over. remember Baja Sundays. I don't remember much, but yeah. Yes, after 91. After uh, 91. What was it fucking called? It was, uh, geez, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, Amanda, Amanda was a good supporter. 
<laughs> oh, those are fucking okay. So you started gigging early, like right away. I oh, mean, first and foremost, you, you started DJing already in your teenage years or what? Uh, I actually started DJing when I was in seventh grade, which you're how old in seventh grade? Uh, uh the boogie. There you go. That's what it was called. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, so I started DJing young. I was I was in seventh grade, but I didn't start gigging till the end of my eighth grade year going until my freshman year in high school. So you started with vinyl? Yes, I started with vinyl and then oh, shit. so I started playing at a lot of like house parties and then that led to like the 18 and over clubs when I wasn't even yeah. yet. And yeah. then it led to 21 and over clubs. I even used to play a lot of the Biza. You remember in Uptown Winter? Fuck yeah. Uh, Biza, what was it? Crazy Horse, uh, yeah. Jones, yeah. uh, Baja Sundays. I was playing a lot there. It was a lot of disco and freestyle music that I was playing there. And uh, so when I turned 18, yeah. uh, I was really hot. Like I, I knew a lot of people, a lot of club promoters. So I started playing a lot in Hollywood at that age. So I was oh. doing a lot of the big Hollywood clubs, uh, Basque, uh, Mansion. Uh, it was La Mirage. That was the place. Yes. Was over. Yeah, I played yes. there a lot. Yeah. Oh, that place was grimy, bro. Well, well where, where in Hollywood were you playing, dude? So I was playing at Basque. I was playing at Cinespace. Oh no I shit. Mansion. I was, dude, this is when I was 18. Cinespace was so dope, dude. Yeah. Then I ended up getting a residency. I got a residency at Florentine Gardens and yeah. at Arena, which was 18 and over. Oh, uh, the good old uh, Arena, man. Yeah, at Arena. But it, at Arena, it was on a Friday night, and it was yeah. uh, hip-hop. It was hip-hop. So yeah. I remember playing with a lot of like the big DJs that are out now, like uh, DJ Inferno from Power of Oh, wow. Scythe. Big Scythe. Well, yeah. those guys, I actually met them at another club in downtown LA when I was 18 called the grand. And oh the my grand, God. The grand dude the Grand was one of the hottest clubs in LA for I years. Remember, yeah. Years. Yeah. So I had met those guys there. So that's how my whole DJ career started. Yeah. And I had joined a group called Cali Kings when I, I was remember this. Yeah. Five. And this is the Cali Kings were part of the Baker boys. Yeah, uh, that's where yeah. I had the opportunity to DJ for a lot of big artists. Like I got to DJ for um, Mac Ten. I got to DJ for Glasses Malone. Uh, your boy, oh, the wow. rock star, the guy that has that old song. It's a Dodger song. The one goes, "We run LA." Da -da -da -da. You remember that song? It goes. Oh, um, one for the money, one for the and it, it's an a, they played at the Dodger Stadium. Um, it's, it's called, uh, Gary, uh, New Gary Newman. I said Gary Randy New Randy Newman. I said Gary Newman. Randy Newman. Yeah, and it's, it's a song in is, New York City, like that. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, it was crazy. I got to play for a lot of these these artists. Um and that's kind of like the whole club scene, and that's where I was really wow, like dude, no shit. And this is what at 20? I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. God damn, dude. So yeah. when you turn 21. You you already established a fucking yeah. uh, rapport with these people. So what? Yeah. Where did you did you continue I, with these residencies, or did you well, start playing other clubs? Well, to be quite honest with you, once I found out I was going to have a kid, yeah, I was like, man, I want to go to school for radio broadcasting. 
because yeah. I wanted to create a show. I wanted to create a show or, or maybe end up in the radio kind of like Eric did, like some big size where they had their own radio show. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the day, right? So I went to a school called the Academy of Radio Broadcasting mm-hmm. in Beach. And I finished that, but I, I, I never really pursued it after that. I just kept, yeah. I kind of fell off the map as a DJ and, um, you know, just being a dad. And uh, a few years later, I was like, you know what? I want to do this again before I get older, right? Yeah. So I came back little by little, and and but I focused on uh, on uh, events like weddings, quinceañeras. Oh yeah, that's totally. Funny was that? Oh, yeah, we're getting at the clubs. Uh, you know, three hundred for an hour, 400 for an hour, up to like, up up to like eight, 900 bucks for an hour, depending what club it was. But for an event to have, to have uh, events on a weekly basis for a wedding, I can say that where I'm charging two grand, you know, it was was just a big difference. So I would two grand is cheap. Yeah, it is. Two grand is is cheap, man. I, uh, uh, I, I, I know this from experience because my, my DJ wasn't that much, but you know, it was a little over that, but the quality that I hired may shit. If I would have known, I would have hired you because <laughs> I didn't know until like later. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it's uh, the whole thing with the mobile gig. It's mm-hmm. really about presentation. Um, talking on the microphone. Yeah. Uh, being able to control the crowd because Man, I've had I have some crazy stories about people not being organized, weddings mm. getting ruined. Um, man, I what? remember, yeah, man, I remember this this couple that called me and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna get married." Da da da. And I sit down with them. I'm like, "What do you guys have? Nothing. They had lit nothing ready." And their wedding was oh, like no. a few months from now, right? So I'm thinking in a few months I'll get your shit together, right? I ended up going to the wedding. There was a dumpster right next yeah. to where they were getting married, right? There oh, was a dumpster? dumpster, a dumpster, a blue big ass dumpster, and then what the fuck? Yeah, wild. And then as they're getting married, like there was fucking like they didn't they didn't even like sweep the floor or nothing. So this fucking like like peanut like the peanut like somebody was eating peanuts, and those fucking crumbs like and with the air it was like flying around the floor and then as they're getting they're doing their vows the fucking neighbor starts bumping mexican music oh no and i'm like what like stuff like that man i could tell you stories for days about stuff like that yeah it was it was crazy i got to the point where somebody had to go and like knock on their door and like hey can you guys lower the music they're getting married at their house you know can you guys just lower it for a little bit but dude, they didn't even move dumpster. They didn't move. I, dude, they gave Whoa, me a they didn't think about where to put me, and they just put me like in a little corner, and there was like <laughs> chair, chairs all over. It is wild, bro. It Let is- me ask you this question: since you you've got some stories, what was the one gig that you did where it wasn't exactly the ideal place, um, you know, in the ideal setting? But man, like the entire fucking night or the entire gig was just like one to remember. Uh, there has to be one. All right. Uh, there's this one wedding that I do remember. 
Uh, it was a military wedding. Oh, wow, yes. So yes. you got to remember that a lot of these military families are really conservative. They don't like yeah. music. They don't like any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I get to the place, beautiful place. It was a beautiful wedding. Like everything yeah. was beautiful. So once I started playing, um, you know, the, 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 the bride comes up to me. She goes, hey, can you do me a favor? Like, you see all that family right there? That's my family. They like a lot of, like, gangster hip-hop. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, what do you guys want to hear? Like, she's like, can you guys play, like, Tupac? or No. Yeah, can you play, um, you know, some Snoop Dogg? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm nervous. <laughs> these other people are like, they're super conservative. Yeah. So I start playing. The first song I played was the Get High. Oh, these niggas and all these oh, hoes. Oh, these hoes here, here going fuck. Yeah, ah, all right. Dude, everybody gets up from the other family. No. And the guy comes up to me. And he goes, hey, can you change the music? There's a lot of cussing. And I'm like, honestly, like the bride requested this. I'm like, you want to talk to, you know, the, the groom. You want to talk to the groom because I have no control over this. So they started drinking. Okay? The, the people that are conservative, <laughs> right? The conservative, they're just sitting down drinking. I shit you not. Like within an hour and a half, maybe two hours, they're already like bellows, right? Yeah. And they started dancing with them, like no. the whole time. Oh, I was playing my neck, my back, my back, lick my, my pussy. I was playing fucking <laughs> <laughs> I was playing some of the dirtiest. Uh, ain't no fun. I was playing. Oh, dude, the, the classics. And dude, it turned out to be such a good night. Yeah, the grandparents of that that the dude's conservative family were dancing. Yeah. And I was no. just like, <laughs> that's how you know, dude. <laughs> the way they were dancing, and like, you know how they're old, so they're like, you yeah, know, <laughs> bro, comedy. And I was just like, every song I was playing, yeah, I was nervous. I was like, oh my god, I wonder if they're gonna trip on this song. <laughs> okay, they're gonna do it. Boom, I'll drop it. I'll be like, oh, it worked, and they're like dancing to it. But it was such a good night because I thought it was gonna be a nightmare. I thought it was oh, a man. nightmare. Like, fuck his 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 wife's family wants all this gangster rap, and then his wife, I mean his his family wants all the conservative stuff. But at the yeah. end, bro, like alcohol. That's why if you don't have alcohol, at your wedding. No, it, if it's a straight edge wedding, it's not gonna work. It's tough. It's tough. I've seen it, bro. Yeah. It's well, tough. shit. I mean, speaking of tough, man. I mean, I know you're reminiscing of of things that were pretty normal for you in, in the DJ game, but now that pandemic has hit and things are closing down, now you know there's another restriction coming up this, this starting tomorrow. Um, has has the, how? Let me ask you this question, not because this ain't this ain't no secret. What have you done personally as DJ Rocka to adapt to this current fucking? I swear it's a compromising fucking time, but still keep your audience intact. Cause I know a lot of, a lot of other, my DJ buddies are, are doing the live stream, which I know you've done too. 
Um, but the quality is what needs to be there. So um, what have you been doing to basically get with this time right now? And, uh, then, and, and then do you see it getting back to normal? Okay. Well, for me, it, it was, um, it was a little weird because I said to myself, man, <laughs> the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little weird for me. Cause I, you know, I don't, as I'm pretty sure, you know, cause I posted a lot. But about a year and a half ago, I started managing a uh, lot of reggaeton artists by the name of yeah. JV Tunes. Um, Wait, what was the name again? JV Tunes. JV Tunes. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So, I remember uh, now. I yeah. Him about a year and a half ago. He's actually in Cancun right now recording music. And, oh, wow. Must be nice. Yeah, I was actually supposed to go, but little things happen here and there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, so yeah, so um, I started managing him. And when I started managing him, he was like, hey, bro, you should start doing the lives. So I started doing the lives with reggaeton music, you know. But everybody was doing the same thing. You know, everybody. Mm. Unless you're producing music and you're playing music, then you'll catch the, the, the people's attention, right? But I was doing the same shit everybody else was doing. So I said, you know what? The hell with this. I'm going to bring out my vinyl and I'm going to play some disco, right? Some old school 80. Oh shit. So that's what I did. And, and that kind of gave me a, another audience that mm-hmm. I didn't have before, like, uh, like the little older audience, I would say in their forties and their fifties and that they reminisce on the freestyle music on the eighties music. So now I'm part of this, um, this show that's called mixing with vinyl only. Uh, they have me like every other month or every and once a month. I'm sorry. They have me once a month and they throw me on there and it's, I literally play all vinyl, whether it's house music, eighties, um, uh, disco freestyle. So that's how oh, I apart from that. Now, I have had a couple of COVID gigs, um, uh, which has been very awkward because, mm. you know, they try to come up to me and I'm like, oh, whoa, it's COVID. Yeah. Keep your distance. <laughs> I even tried putting like a little note, like if you need a request, text me on my phone number. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, months ago, I actually had a scare where they were like, hey, man, like, um, a lot of people from the party where you played, I got COVID and I was like, Oh, I didn't fucking get close to anybody. I told everybody to stay away from me. And I was wearing a mask the whole time and all these people weren't wearing masks. So I was just like, dude, I got tested, came back negative. I was like, okay, I'm cool. But it's just so awkward to try yeah. to adjust to what we have now. So now, you know, there's, these underground parties, right? Wow. Yes. I've been, I've been hearing about these. I'm actually going to play on one on Saturday. So, but I, man, I go throw on my mask, make sure I'm, I go do my thing, bounce, right? Get out yeah. of there. But a lot of these underground parties that I've seen are crazy, you know? Like, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've also seen the, uh, you know, for a while they were doing the, the Airbnb parties. Yeah, and in the Hollywood Hills, and they they just fucking laid the smackdown on that shit because it was literally a, a super spreading like uh, party, and 
that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think it's going to get back to normal? Because like, fuck man. I, I think that, um, this is just my opinion about COVID is it's, it's a real fucking thing. It's devastating, but will people take the vaccine is one question I had. Um, and if that, if they do, how effective is it going to be? And then we have to worry about side effects. Um, a lot of people won't, I know that. Yeah. I'll and give you my opinion for me. I never even got the flu shot. You know, I get I, it every I, year, I, man. Out of, um, I don't know what's in these these shots. This is how I feel. I don't know what's in these shots. I don't know what they're putting in my I'll, I'll tell you what it is. You know, like, um, they really explain it to you when you get it. Yeah, I never really done my research. I just, yeah. I guess I was brought up with that mentality of like, you know, like, oh, why do you need that for? Like, and, and it's hey, we're Mexican. That's yeah, why. <laughs> yeah. Well, we survive on VIX and fucking seven up, dude. <laughs> So to me, I was like, ah, you know, I, I gave it to my son. I told my yeah. son, you know, his mom actually wasn't happy about that. You know, yeah. his mom was like, oh, why'd you give him the shot? Don't do it without my consent. Like, you know, I don't know if I want him to get a shot. So I was, and then at that point for me, I was like, oh, well, let's just give him the shot. You know, like they're telling me it's going to be good for him. He's not going to get sick. So, I mean, I never got a shot as a kid. But you know what I mean? That's, that's what do you say? Well, here, here's the difference. And I, funny, you should, I should mention, I should mention it. Um, let's see what Anthony says. I never got the flu shot, but I'm going to take this vaccine. Not trying to get, yeah. Anthony just uh, recovered from COVID and he still has some lingering effects from it. But here's, here's what I mean is um, I'll, I'll use the example of the flu shot. There's a nasal one. I don't know if you know that mm. they, they squirted up, your nose know, just like, you know, a nasal spray and then there's the needle. But the difference is the nasal one is the live virus, which apparently I've been reading more studies on that way more effective because you actually contract the flu. Mm. Um, some exactly. people it gets, it hits. Yeah. Some it'll hit you harder or not, or you won't hit you at all for children though, their immune system, if it's not, you know, compromised, um, develops the antibodies a little bit quicker. Um, and here's, here's the thing about the, the needle one, the shot. Um, the virus is, I believed uh, there, it's kind of um, broken down. Like it's, it's shredded. It's not a live virus, but it's enough to linger in your system for your, for your immune system to recognize it and start identifying the intruder. Um, but the fucking nasal is uh, a live virus. So Kaiser don't offer the nasal one anymore. My kids, well, actually, Anthony, my son got it today. <laughs> and they had a, we had a survey and um, they uh, basically, dis they distinguished the, the, between the needle and the, and the nasal spray. So. I don't know if I'm going to sound stupid asking this, but do you really think doing that in a few years, your son won't get it or, or I mean, I, I sometimes I feel like these some of these vaccines. This is my personal opinion mm -hmm. are, are not necessarily useless, but you only do it once a year mm -hmm. and get not get sick one of the years. I mean, there's been years where I never I didn't get sick for years. I didn't get sick for like two, three, four yeah. years, and then I got like a bronchitis or I got like right. a flu or something. 
So sometimes I feel like I'm, I would be hurting my body and mm. give myself these vaccines. Well, and, here, here's, I mean, I've, I've have, I have a lot of friends that are, um, straight up like anti-vaxxers and I've had a lot of inter- interesting conversations with them and don't get me wrong, dude, they, they bring up some great points. Um, but a lot of it is, is, is fucking subjective, dude. Like it's up for discussion. Um, like if have we had like a, a very bad outbreak of measles, for example? The answer is yes. Disneyland had a really bad one just like last year, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but does that mean that if you're vaccinated, right? And you come in contact with the airborne, because that's what measles, how it travels, it travels through the air. Um, does that mean you're 100% protected? The answer is no. But what what is what is the benefit of being vaccinated? At least you've already had it introduced in your immune system. So at least you have a head start. Uh, that's basically what it's really for. That's what they call them boosters. Um, but what would it but what would happen if you don't get vaccinated and you contract the measles? Chances are you you're probably gonna survive, dude. Don't get me wrong. Um, so that's why, like, you know, it's subjective, but are we walking biohazards um, with this stuff to an extent? Um, now, that, that brings me back to fucking COVID-19, though. Are we walking biohazards? The, yes, the answer is yes. We're easily fucking spreading this shit. And it's it's weird because it's not necessarily like the flu. It's a little bit different. It's structured different. And um, I became obsessed with it, man, because uh, like I, I mentioned to you before, my wife contracted it. Um, uh, at the beginning of the month and, you know, her sense of taste and smell has not come back, dude. So it's, um, you know, it's, again, it's subjective. And then I asked her too, I'm like, would you take the vaccine if it's available? She said, I will only take the vaccine after the trials are over. And I, she's a certainty freak, dude. Like most women are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't either. I've well, been a lot of that lately. Like, what? I, I don't. I've been hearing a lot of what your wife said. You know what? I'm not going to take the vaccine yeah. until all these trials are done. I don't want to be the guinea pig, in other words, right? This See, Amanda, she has an autoimmune disease, so she's terrified to get sick, but just as terrified to get a vaccine so early on. Absolutely. That, that's, the, that's what I mean. It's subjective, dude. It's up for discussion. Um, and I get sick every four years, really during election day. <laughs> you know what? No, it's funny because he, he's not the first person who's, who's actually told me that I would get sick every Christmas before I started getting the flu shot, dude. And the last time I got the flu was 2013 on Christmas and my Christmas sucked dude. Cause basically I was, I was bedridden and I kept making fucking, uh, tea with Jack Daniels, bro. A hot toddy. I, I, and just, I read, oh, man, I wish I was ready for this, but I had read uh, uh, an article about um, the times that you get sick, that it mm-hmm. becomes, it becomes a, 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 like a, it's something normal for your body. Like let's say for yeah. example, you, you take a shot every four months, every four mm-hmm. months, you're going to start feeling that, that urge again, mentally, physically to take that shot again, right. Of vitamins or just give me an example. Yeah. Right. So I, and this article, I read that your body knows, when it gets sick or when it's going to get sick or when right um, and it's crazy because a lot of i've heard a lot of people say oh it's october i'm getting sick for sure and bam they get sick 
You, you know what? A lot of it is placebo, bro. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, I remember who was it? I was, I was telling my kid brother that um, a lot of it is also psychological because you know the the body is an amazing fucking piece of, of work, yeah. dude. If you if you keep telling yourself the same story and believing it, then you know more than likely chances are it's gonna happen. Um, so he kept saying, "Fuck, I think I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm like." Okay, you're basically repeating it to yourself and you're going to make it come true. Um, Frame. When you, in fact, you should be saying, you know what? I'm fighting something. I'm fighting something. If you genuinely feel sick, you should say, I'm fighting something. I'm fighting something. What's up? Wait, what's it? Give the vaccine to every politician. And if they are good, we're good. <laughs> if not, we're still good. That won't happen, but you can imagine. 100%, man. It's like, you think they're going to inject their fucking kids? No, no, they're not even fucking feeding them the McDonald's we eat, man. And McDonald's is delicious. God damn it. Especially that Big Mac. They're, they, they're making it big yeah. again. They're making uh, make, oh my God, the Triple Mac, whatever it's <laughs> called. Yeah, hot toddies cure everything, bro. Everything. <laughs> We've become so clueless as, as uh, so clueless of what we're supposed to eat and take care of ourselves that we need to rely on vaccines. You know, he's absolutely right, though. A hundred percent. Answer me this, dude. How many times have you really heard, uh, not just the mainstream media, the fake news media, uh, anyone, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, how many of these outlets, dude, do you know that are hardcore promoting good immune system uh, maintenance, uh, vitamin C, a good healthy diet, exercise, rest? How many of that? Not a lot. And, and I'll tell you why, though. I'll tell you why. Yep. Because all this, okay, you, you have a company and you want to make money, right? So obviously, totally. you have to pay for promotion. Not everybody has the money to pay for promotion. Right. Uh, everything that goes through, obviously, TV, all the ads, all that costs money. Uh, marketing, um, everything, everything costs money. If you don't have the money for it, you're not going to be able to promote it. Why do you think McDonald's, Carl's Jr., like all these these fast food chains, restaurants have the money to promote it? And totally. we as uh, uh, human beings, uh, we're always on the go, always on the go. Yeah. So, we're, you know, I'm hungry. Uh, let me go grab some coffee real quick. Uh, let me go get – it's easy to go to McDonald's and get breakfast. It's easy to go – you know Fuck what I mean? Yeah, I'm doing that tomorrow, bro. <laughs> give me yeah, some pancakes so, you see and 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 all the old style all our grandmothers think about it mm. when you were young when we totally. were young we would have the home cooked you know meal yeah uh, our grandmothers our 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 moms uh which yeah. some of them were still like in the old style of thinking of cooking but now think about it now, now this is crazy i'm not you know i'm just giving an example you know, there's some girls that I know that don't yeah. even know how to cook beans, bro. They don't know how yeah. to cook a simple, uh, a simple meal that's yeah. out hearty. So what are you going to do? What's the guy going to do? Oh, I'll just go buy us some food. You yeah. Know? Well, we'll run the jacks real quick. Get the dollar. Yeah. That's what I'm, gil I'm guilty of that, bro. But, you know, I, I've at least learned how to make an egg, which is probably what I think. If you ask me, Marcus. Yeah. I think every human being on this earth should at least learn how to how to fry an egg with or without the yolk, egg white or whatever. 
It's just, or hard boil the egg. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just, because if you know how to do that, you can fucking at least start something else. And then you can work your way with, you know, you know, grilling some chicken, getting some carne asada and doing it, you know, start really small, really small. That's a guy's thing to start grilling though. He's a, look, Boris, Boris is a, a native of Venezuela, right? So when he came to this country, he was weighing at 178. He got to 305 because he was he was ready for the WWE Heavyweight Championship, bro. Within Man. six months, then it's been a struggle to lose weight. Crazy that yeah, you spend 25 bucks on a healthy meal when you can have McDonald's for less than that. That's absolutely fucking true, man. So fucking true. And then that's very true. Though it was never a time to preach about healthy living. That would be the time. Ah, yeah, man. Because so what did wait, wait, Chris? How so? How did you learn? What did your mom tell you? So let me and Marks can probably relate. Uh, would you ever hear this? Uh, Puro pinche comido en la calle. Yeah. And that yeah. translates to oh, all you do is eat out, eat out in the fucking street, not on the street literally, but eat street food like fast food. Yeah. So um, my mom taught me early to at least know how to warm up a tortilla on the actual stove, yeah. uh, and then use a comal, and you had to learn not to burn yourself on that fucking thing, and you know work your way up to making a simple quesadilla, you know do that. And then work your way to, okay, now we're going to fry an egg. And that's where I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you hear the popping and all this shit. You're like, oh. Yeah. And then, no. And then and then the dreaded fucking baking comes into place, bro. And then that's when you learn hard. You're like, ah. Yeah. You know, you because you know, the grease. I got lucky that I learned. This is pretty funny, though. But I was in the Boy Scouts. And I actually oh, okay. took in the Boy Scouts. Uh, cause when we were to go camping, we all had to learn that shit. So it was kind of oh, like, totally. I, Look, Amanda's a big, uh, healthy freak. So oh, I'm going to take her word for it. So yep. And all the shit that's in the protein we eat now is damaging. I haven't had a seizure in two years after cutting. What? That's right. Well, here's, here's, um, I don't know if you've heard about this guy. Um, Marcus, his name is Dr. Sabi, Dr. Sabi mm-hmm. and Dr. Sabi, um, what it would say weenies on a fork over the stove yes yes uh, you guys remember the little weenies that they used to sell in the little cans there's a little small yeah you just the little like, finger ones yeah no it's, it's true like there's a bunch of sodium in the food and there's just an uh, sugar bro sugar's like a big deal and cancers love sugar and uh chris said my mom would say ben te voy a enseñar como uh, freír un huevo por si te toca una vieja huevona. That translates to come here, I'm going to show you how to fry an egg in case you fucking hook up with a lazy ass chick that don't know how to cook <laughs> or clean. But hey, you know what? But just being fair, I'm not being misogynistic, Marcus. I'm not being fucking chauvinist, bro. I think learning how to cook and clean and taking out the trash should be a human requirement. <laughs> in general, it's not a female thing. Um, no, because then you, when you have roommates, you're like, what the fuck? Like, hey, oh no, it's a guy's job to fucking to take out the trash. I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, I'll do the dishes. You go throw out the fucking trash. I, oh, it's a woman's job to wash the dishes. No, I personally, I'm the dish bitch at home, bro. Seriously. Uh, I, it's kind of like a thing that I've had since I was a kid, bro. Washing yeah. the, the dishes. They're like, we're with dishwasher. I'm like, I am the dishwasher, man. Really? I'm the dishwasher. Uh, what do you call that? 
uh, I'm like a chick, bro. It's really weird, but I, I, yeah. I like having I like having my shit in its place. Like if I put it there, oh, totally. Be, yeah, it's really weird, but it, it's because when things get moved, moved, you're like, no, where yeah. is it at? I, I yeah. was by my grandmother, so you can kind of get the idea there. You know, like yeah, a lot of my my female stuff comes from her. You know what I mean? All right. What did Bodhi say? I remember saying, man, I hate Mexican food. My wife, way back then, she was like, dude, Taco Bell's not Mexican. <laughs> then I got to eat the real deal for my suegra. And 20 years later, I can cook it and eat more spicy than any chilango. Damn, that's a statement, dude. Palabra. What Josh say? Damn, I feel so fortunate to have a mother that taught me, taught all her boys to cook because she didn't want us to become dependent on women. And, and it's not like, you know, you, it's, oh, look, Amanda said, whatever happened to home economics, bro, home ec. My kids were like, what's that? Oh, shit. It, it's, oh, here's really, the thing. The kids are not taking home ec anymore. No, man. I mean, wow. just recently, they, they've been, at least uh, the automotive, like auto shop, they brought that back. Uh, wood shop still around, uh, but home economics, bro. Home ec should be, should still be a thing class. because I remember. Yeah, it was fucking fun. Like I learned how to bake cookies on a fucking cookie sheet, and I'm just like, oh, I wouldn't. I learned the hard way. You have to wear mitts to fucking grab the thing. <laughs> but fuck, bro, it's like you, you know that's um, that's stuff that for sure. I mean, we come from a generation that um, was young enough. Uh, that's young enough to grow up without technology. Yeah. But we were also young enough to embrace it when it came into our lives. We remember both aspects of growing up with and without it, bro. It's scary, and, man. For me, I, I stop and I think about it. And this generation of kids, like, for example, my son, he's, uh, he's going to be 10 in January. So we're a few months away. Yeah. And this kid is so dependent on his phone that mm. I have to fight with him to take it away from him. Like, yeah. no, like you're not going to be on the phone. Um, and, and what I mean by it's scary is that these kids don't want to learn anything anymore. They don't want to learn. I, I told them, come on, let me teach you how to cook. Let me teach you how to do this. Let me teach you how to do that. Um, you have to learn how to, you know, sweep the floor. And I feel like they're so stuck on their games on these yeah. technology things that they, they get frustrated faster than we did. Um, totally. Like, uh, it's like they, it gives them this anxiety, um, yeah. where Chris has a 10 year old too. So he knows what you're talking about. I have yeah, a five-year-old. So, you know, I'm, I'm, and, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow you guys. Like, okay, I see what, what's going on. So I can learn and ad adapt to that as well. Uh, by the way, Chris, shout out to Que Padre Clothing. I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> uh, follow him on Instagram, guys. Um, but also the the Que Padre stuff, it's all about being a parent, being a dad. And, you know, you talking about your son being 10 years old and being fucking so dependent on a device, bro. Yeah, that, um, you know, and it's Marcus, we're, we're guilty, dude. Not only as parents, but we're guilty because we sold these goddamn things, dude. Yeah, that's true. We, we contributed to that. And it's, I, I take blame for it too, because, um, you know, Chris too. I mean, uh, yeah, you guys are going live next week, by the way, on Tuesday, um, Chris, the legacy team, us, we were part of that generation, that sales generation that sold the very first iPhone. Do you remember that? I remember. 
It was, it was crazy. June two, it was a June 2007. Yeah. And June I recall that. Where, I remember it was such a buzz, man. There were lines down the block waiting for yeah them. and then lupio rivera got cut in line at the whittier montebello store because he basically i don't know if he knew the manager or just paid his way to get to the front of the line but <laughs> he he everyone was pissed about that but look how it started and before that what was it it was nokia's it was blackberries and we were doing the same shit and back then remember text messaging was a big thing yeah now it's not really that it's all social media apps. And Anthony says my 17 year old daughter literally panics when she can't find her phone. You know what, Anthony? It, it, it happens to my 10 year old son. Um, he, for some kind of reason, he doesn't have the phone and he looks for excuses like, Oh, I need to have my phone because on my game, it says that I need to update this at a certain time. Like, yeah, okay. You don't have to update shit. Like, yeah. You know, I'm not giving you a phone or like it's it's yeah. crazy, but it's just it's scary because the it's the the future. Like, yeah. how are they gonna be when I'm not around to say yeah. no? You know, it's well. What I what I've been doing because you know me, I'm I'm also a geek too, and you know I actually play the games with him. I understand what what he's going through, and what I'm doing is I'm what I'm while I'm playing with him. Marcus, I'm coaching him on how to not get frustrated. So I'm I'm taking a coaching mentality, like a coaching approach, and basically telling my son, hey, you know, don't, you know, I, I make it a point to say, hey, no, no rage quitting, no rage quitting, because he knows what it is. He's a very, he's a very advanced five-year-old, mm-hmm. and I have to speak his language, and I have to bro, do this. Every, I have to do this every upset. time I win, bro. I have to do this. <laughs> so you, he gets upset, and he just tosses it in. He's very competitive because he gets it from me. I know he does, um, and not in a bad way. Like he just, you know, I have to teach him not to be a sore loser because being a sore loser, you're taught to do that. Um, you know, losing with grace and basically honor with the with the mentality to want to fucking improve just like the sales for bro if we you know target was what five five actos five upgrades yeah. and you got three fucking you know nautical prepaids as we used to call it jedis <laughs> then you you technically zeroed out bro yeah can you what you're gonna rage quit you're gonna fucking throw a fit no man you tomorrow's a whole new day you change your mentality and that's kind of that's the big fucking obstacle, bro, with with our children, dude. And it's like, Bodhi says, my my eyes can deal with the video games these days. My mind can't process beyond Space Invaders. <laughs> and then, uh, so what do I do, guys? I give an explanation on why certain times are for tech and for family. Uh, yes, you have to speak like them, use their language. That that's a great uh, approach and philosophy, Chris, because. Um, they're curious. I, I understand. I get frustrated too, Marcus. I know you do as well. Um, but bottom line is, I think, you know, Chris has a point. I think we, you know, we're, we're mules, bro. We're, we're, we're immobile. We got to fucking just kind of like adapt to it. And it's hard, bro. Don't get me wrong because there's times where like, okay, I don't want to play Among Us again. Yeah. You know, I don't want to play fucking uh, the one game I, I have not gotten into. I know he really likes it is Fortnite. And I'm just like, do I really want to get into this game and learn it? But I'm going to have to and then teach him how not to, you know, fucking 
rage yeah. quit with that shit, dude. You guys are lucky. I have you have boys. I got a 17, 14, and five year old, all girls. But you know what, man? That's They're tough, gonna man. take care of you when you're an old man, yeah. dude. That's a beautiful thing That's about beautiful, you, man. I was I was actually speaking to my um my fiance about this. I was like, man, I want some girls because as sad as it sounds, I know my son's gonna bounce at some point. Mm-hmm. 17, 16 years old, he's not gonna want to hang out with his old man. You know, he's gonna want to go and hang out with his friends. Oh, and of course, yeah. Females, Absolutely. on the other hand, females will be with you to the the last breath. Oh yeah, breath. yeah, and, and yeah. Just, I no, and it's true, you're lucky, bro. You're like the luckiest man yeah. alive right now, bro. Three girls. I mean. But, but at the same time, like, you know, my homeboy, Anthony here, it's like, I can, you know, I can imagine me having a daughter. I'm just like, fuck, bro. I'm like, I, I that and I'm just like, she's going to be the female me. She's going to be a fucking hustler and she's going to fucking play dudes and break their fucking hearts because that's what dad's going to teach her to do, man. It's like. Oh man, it's it's crazy. I always wanted a girl of my two boys to death, but a girl, man, I, it's true because yeah. I, I I know this because my my cuñado has one, two, three, four girls, and um, he has one boy. It's so crazy, and they, you know, they no family's perfect, bro. I never I never painted to be that, but the beautiful part, bro, is the. The connection, I see that. I get what you mean, Marcus, with the the father and the and the daughters. It's so weird. I'm just like, God, dude. Like then you start thinking, like, I crave that, man. Like, that's what I want. And then you start envisioning exactly how it will play on your head. And then ugh, I don't even want to get into it, bro. <laughs> It's like fuck, man. <laughs> Look at that. My full, my 14 year old already cooks for the family. That's badass, dude. You taught her how to cook, man. That's awesome. And then, yeah, teenage attitude's real. Oh, I know, man. I don't tolerate it, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, that's why you also have to be his friend. I got a six-year-old girl too. She's tough. Yeah, girls are a different breed, man. You know this, Marcus. They're they're a different breed. And um but hey, well, this brings me to my my next segment, which was this is kind of where we're going to end. But these are very, very, I call it the thought provoking uh, questions uh, section of the podcast. Are you ready for this shit? I'm ready for it, man. Let oh, me- man. Okay. So um, here's the first one. I'm going to show it on the thing. Ready? Okay. What's the one thing you wish to accomplish before you die? Uh wow. What's the one thing you wish to accomplish before you die? Think about that. Well, one thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's one thing. I think I think it's a it's a combination of things. Um leaving behind a legacy or or leaving behind something for my kids to prosper with um to be able to have something uh, that was left behind by their dad, right? Or their mom. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, you know, I was, I was raised by always renting homes. Always, yeah. Right. Um, my grandfather never bought a home that led to my father never buying a home. 
and I'm here renting, right? So yeah, I know the feeling. My, my thing is to break those chains and be yeah. able to leave uh, before I die, leave something behind where in the end they're able to prosper from it. I mean, um, if, if ever since I was a kid, I mean, I've been on my own since I was 15. If I were to ever fail in life, I don't have a place to go to and say, Oh, I'm going back home. Right. Because they're always like renting or apartment or little apartment or one bedroom. And it it was never a a place called home. So I want to leave that behind for my to be like, Oh, if he were to fail, because fail, Failing is, is something natural in life. Yeah. Where do ever fail in anything? And he needs to come home. He has a home to come to. Whether it is my son or my future kids or whatever I have or, you know, but that's what I would like to accomplish is having either a, a, a not just one building, maybe like a triplex or something yeah. they they could go ahead and, 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 and uh, benefit from. So yeah, because that they man, we've we've seen how you know places get rented out, and then you know the the the, the landlord passes away, and then the son takes over, mm-hmm. and then that son gets older, and then passes it on to the sister or whatever, and it's like, yeah, yes. dude, like leaving something for them to build off of, of that you've already grown, and that's what you tell them, like, hey, go ahead and take over because I'm not gonna be here any longer. It's your job to, you know, when I'm gone to just continue uh, this thing that I built for you guys and don't fuck it up, basically. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good answer, man. Shit. Um, here's here's the next question, uh, which is, is a person ever truly evil? If so, are they born that way? So is a person ever truly evil? And if so, are they born that way, Marcus? Um, I think a person can be evil. Uh, evil. But are they born that way? I don't think they're born that way. I, really? I, for me, I feel like um, your surroundings matter a lot. Um, how, mm. how you're raised... Uh, I know it might seem funny, but there's people that if we if we look at a lot of these serial killers, these big old uh, these serial killers that we know about, they had a nice upbringing, or you know. But sometimes um, these nice upbringings, we don't know the 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 deep inside. Like maybe the father is working too much. Maybe the father's working too much. The mother's very focused at home. There's no love given to the child. Um, to or me, says they're like, not evil. They're just they just start selling cell phones. <laughs> that, that's the survival. That's the survival mode, bro. <laughs> that's survival mode. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I think a person can be evil, but yeah. I don't think they're born that way, man. Yeah, just like yeah, Cliff just tuned in. What's up, Cliff? He said Jeffrey Dahmer. Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, man, that was- yeah it's like. So are they born that way? That that's a big question. You know, I ask myself the same question, dude. It's like I know, you know I know you're gonna you're gonna you'll pick a bone with me with this, but you know, I, I, I believe in God, right? I, I have different beliefs than you, sir. <laughs> no, I mean to- totally. I mean no, I, I believe you know, that 
these kids, these child, you, I, we were all born, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all born sinfulness. We don't, we don't, yeah. born with sin, bro. Like we don't know anything there. Uh, what's that word that I'm looking for? Um, you're, you're, you're clean. You don't know. Yeah. You don't, I mean, we don't even remember when we were one, you know what I mean? But yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> it's it's interesting you know what's i'll tell you a story um and a a quick one when i was three uh yeah two and a half going on three i remember uh going to the kodak theater back then it was the man's chinese theater yeah um to go watch return of the jedi you remember that Yes, and every because I was running up and down the halls and the, the hallways of the though. theater, huh? You were three though. Yeah, because I think that's when it was released. Yeah, I was the one, not three. <laughs> no, I mean, of course, one. I don't really remember because that's when I almost lost my thumb too. And oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I know it's not one. You know, I'm I'm a scientist, not a mathematician. Yeah, no, it's the innocence. I mean, when do you really yeah. lose your innocence? Think about this. Like, yeah, when do you really lose your innocence? I remember well, losing my innocence when I was like six. What I mean by losing my innocence is that all these other kids were already like, oh, you know, the girl naked, you know, what's their yeah, thing? Pornography, yeah, pornography, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when you start losing your innocence. And that's when I think people start, I mean, not becoming evil. Yeah, just gradually. I mean, anybody could be evil. Well, no, totally. And and, I mean, I don't knock on any. uh, The ones I knock on are the evangelists because I have different bone to pick with those guys, especially when they have multi million dollar like facilities. And then guys like Joe Austin, for example, not even taking people in to. Yeah, that's that's a whole different story. Um, you know, for me, with with people who seek like spirituality, for example. Um, I have nothing against that because as long as you're not hurting anyone, man, you're, you're doing it for the betterment of your own, of your own growth. So be it, do it, man. I mean, I I can definitely coexist. Like I coexisted with people my entire life, but then again, there's this other group of people that are just too extreme for me. Uh, I used to love atheist Edgar. Remember atheist Edgar? I I'm still atheist ish. Um, but you know, that's, that was the old really angry me, but yeah, that um, was a rocker. That, that was a, the, the guy that I used to trip on. on. <laughs> it's uh, you know what, what really, um, yeah, this is the thing that I used to fucking do is, um, I would spend a week. I still do this to this day. I would spend a week trying to prove myself wrong, dude that that's where like uh like i look now i mean there's a lot of science that i've accepted a long time ago but at the same time i re i reread the bible the old and the new and the king james version and the quran believe it or not and i'm i'm like wait a minute i connected the dots i'm like this is all the same shit so what what are they telling me here i'm like oh okay so there's always been some type of i guess instruction manual is what i'm saying because um these people they were people that um documented all these all these events um they saw shit that they had to you know translate and you know you got to go back in time and say how the fuck that were they even like writing this shit down 
you know, a lot of this stuff was like a lot of old ancient language, man. And it's like, it's crazy. When you start thinking how the nuns will hide underneath these clothes, kind of, kind of evil. <laughs> well, here, here's, well, I was raised hardcore Catholic, bro. And, and, um, you know, you get that Catholic conscious that everything's a sin. Like you can't jack off. You can't fucking watch porn. You can't fantasize about a girl. And that's where I am like, wait a minute. I can't, if this is, if this is my puberty as a kid, why, why is it my fault? Like, why am I going to this fire inferno Yeah, for basically denying my biology? And, um, oh my God, look at, he's like, oh my that's yuck. my yucks. <laughs> And then is that the only one that's different is well Mormonism, the Latter-day Saints, that's that's a whole different topic, man. I mean, I, I can I can fuck with them, dude, but there's uh there's there's things that they believe in. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like um I won't get into it. But no, but nonetheless, dude, like when someone says, Oh, I believe in God and they start praying and stuff, like to me, I'm like, okay, that is good for you, man. Thank you. Because most people, they don't find that they don't. And, you know, to, to me, everyone's like, Oh, what's prayer to you? And I'm like, well, for me, it's, it's always been a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think that, you know, if, you know, I, I have my own type of prayer daily, which, you know, I just affirm myself that, you know, I got, you know, I'm, I got my day already planned out. But don't get me wrong, Marcus. I also have another prayer where if I drop something or a fucking clumsy dude, I start talking shit on myself in my head, dude. Like, you fucking idiot. You fucking moron. Like, dude, pick that shit up. Get your shit together. Yeah, that's, that's, then that's what, okay, fast forward. You know, there's, there's been documentation of consciousness and, and all of these, all these scripture writings, man. Um, but you know, the visual stuff, obviously we never, we're, we're alive to see, so we don't know, but if these are accounts that people actually fucking wrote down and say, Hey, I saw this shit and this is what it was. Some people, you know, it's, it's subjective, dude. You either, you take it and you make it your own and you, you know, make it for your own, for the betterment of your, your life, dude, that's bottom line. Or, um, or you're like the, the Muslim, the Muslim extremist, man, where, they're like, fuck that. I'm going to fly this build, this airplane to this building because God's going to take care of me when I die. That That's the trippy right. part, man. Uh, right. Same thing, I mean, with, you know, s- some Catholic and Christian people. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, I'm going to go shoot up this mosque because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think it's supposed to work that way. What the fuck? So yeah, um, I, could, I could go on and on because um, for me, I was hardcore Catholic like you. And, yeah, um, I even did. I do the Ostia and all yeah, that shit. Confirmed and all that, but I, I, I mean, no offense to anybody who is Catholic, um, but I, I just seen a lot of bad things in it, and I did a lot of research, and yeah, I just became uh, just a believer in Christ, you know. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, you know, compliments to this man, to to the people, to my Christian friends, because I have a ton of them. Um, the minute. I seen, I went to, uh, they invited me to Cal- Calvary Chapel Montebello a while back. Mm-hmm. I went in there and people were tatted up, bro. And piercings. I'm just like, what? Like, I was like, okay. And I came in with like this, um, this old, like, I think it was like a Rage Against Machine shirt. Yeah. And a lot of people liked the band. They, they didn't judge us like, oh, 
okay. I mean, I can vibe with you guys. Cool. Um, obviously our beliefs are different, but dude, yeah. like I could hang out with them outside. Yeah. You know, we went to fucking to that's where to, I, I went to church before. Well, yeah, and, and that's a big fucking building, man. And you know, yeah, I knew a lot of people. I know a lot of people that still go there, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I oh, want you to come down." And I'm just like, "Well, I got something to tell you. <laughs> You're gonna, they're gonna like me for it." No, but what's cool is when I tell them, um, they they have no judgment, dude. They're like, "No, it's it's fine. We I accept you for who you are." I'm just that's like, "Well, about, thank you. That means a lot to me, man." That's so the reason why I started following christianity because everybody who i met that was a christian yeah. wouldn't judge me and it was just like man like so it was it was kind of like a, a spiritual thing you know we don't know until yeah. you're gone uh absolutely to me, to me being a christian was believe in the unseen believe in the believe in what what people say no not to oh, believe. You 100%. Know I mean? well, so, which, which brings me to this last question uh, and this is relevant to what we're talking about just now. So can humanity ever come together around a common cause or are we all too fucking selfish as individuals, dude? And this is the stuff that, you know, I, I read in all the Bibles where um, there will be one common enemy one common cause one i guess you could call it a revelation mm-hmm. and two things are going to happen either humanity is going to come together around this common enemy and combat it together or we're going to say fuck you i'm pushing you in front of the the bus i'm not getting hit by it well the way i feel about that i mean since you've read the bible yourself right yeah um they say, right, the Bible says that the things that are happening in in our current life, they're going to happen no matter what, right? Yeah. I do believe that us as human beings, we're selfish. Uh, we're selfish. And, and, and I would say a high percentage of individuals, uh, human beings in general, uh, will follow the mass to save themselves, right? So, as you know, like going back to you reading the Bible, I'm yeah. pretty sure that you read that, you know, there's going to be either two ways to go. Either yeah. you're going to say, yes, I believe in you, or no, I don't believe in you, which is, you know, what what is really going to come down to. I think at that point, People who believe, um, I mean, may be saved. I I don't know because I just, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's going to be the the true thing or, you know, or you're going to be selfish and start throwing people under the bus or. Right. So, I mean, because it also comes down to, um, you know, the whole Darwinism thing, dude, like it's survival of the fittest human being. Exactly. Uh, but at the same time, it's like you can survive a lot better when you work together and collaborate. That's why, you know, tribalism existed for, for when it was way back then. And it's, uh, it's crazy how, oh, let's see, Chris said, as long as there are options to believe in anything, 
people would always fight each other. History proves it. And, and it's true because, you know, as much as we want to imagine a like a utopian society, Marcus, um, you know, religion and politics always kind of changes the dynamic of how we get along because, you know, I'm eating an apple in front of you and you're like, oh shit, what are you doing? I'm like, eating an apple. He goes, don't you know that has worms in it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, like, I'll give you another example. I have, a, I have my wife's friend, best friend. Um, we we're so stoked because the, the Trolls World Tour uh, movie came out earlier this year, right? And it was all digital. We were supposed to go see it in the theater. Yeah. And we're telling her about her. And my son's all excited. And she's like, Ugh. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's a troll. No, my mom raised me to think that those things are from the devil. Like, no. And I'm just like, what? A fucking troll? But she was raised Jehovah Witness. Oh. And uh, she explained to me. And she's like, no, I, because she just so, they, they traumatize her with that I mean, belief. Yeah, I can't brainwash you would be the word i mean yeah and it's you know got, you know re, you know rest in peace of her mom dude and she was the one that was the, the jehovah but you can't you know you can't do that man you really can't you know yeah. that you know i see uh kids uh in the middle east for example they're you know they're obviously being trained to be terrorists because of all the shit that the u.s has done to you know, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and people may, might argue with me like, well, we were, we're supposed to be there. And I'm like, no, man, if you see how many military bases we have in other countries, man, that now, you know, uh, why this thing called imperialism exists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of my Christian buddies, for example, they don't believe in that. Yeah. Um, they don't believe in this whole kids in cages things, you know, and, and it's like, it's crazy, dude, because yeah, you're right. It is ignorance. And, you know, Boris says like, everyone is, is willing to kill for their beliefs, but not willing to die. No, you're absolutely, well, yeah. quite the contrary with, unless you're a Muslim extremist, man, like you strap on a bomb and, you know. Or think about it too. I mean, that's what I, you know, like uh, Ed Edgar had read the, the Bibles, but that's what it's really going to come down to at the end. It, it, according to the, yeah. the writings in the Bible, that that either you die for it or you don't. If you die yeah. for it, then you go to you know you go to another. You know what's crazy too, Marcus? I read a satanic Bible just out of curiosity. Like what's in it? I was so fucking shocked. I was so surprised. I'm like, okay, this has the same like teachings, just in a different tone. Like I'm like, oh, okay, because. I always forget like this, the story that, that always told me as a kid that the devil was an angel too. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, so man. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, okay, so I get that these manuals, these scriptures, these uh, ideologies are being written now for people to follow because either a, it's out of defiance mm -hmm. uh, or B it's out of like just sheer, uh i guess partisan partisanship like oh no i don't like going that way i want to go this way like i don't like going that route i don't like i don't like taking the the, the freeway to work i'd rather take the streets mm -hmm. and then they explain why oh because i might get killed on the freeway well you're gonna get 
Ch- so, your chances yeah, right. are still bad in the fucking car, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, it's it's crazy because you mentioned my old atheist atheist ways, dude. Um, and I started toning them down when uh I think I think I started toning them down when uh I got more into music. Mm-hmm. Like I actually took it seriously, like I went to school for it. Mm-hmm. And um like uh, to this day, you know, you know this as well as I do. Like I'm, um, I'm just astonished by the human ear. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have it, you know, how are you going to listen? You feel a vi- b- vibration like Beethoven. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just so grateful to still have my ears and then learn the science and how a lot of things kind of happened on accident. And there's this coincidences that happen with with audio and and music and i'm just like fuck i'm like okay uh i I, they're starting to make sense and then going back to my old teachings and i'm like okay this is all very relevant um i just can't put it in a very fucking like uh i guess a simple like explain it to me like i'm six terms bro yeah (laughs) yeah. so fucking complicated uh, Boris says no one will ever never achieve the level of humbleness and selflessness as Jesucristo ese. And, and check okay, well before we I, 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 we, do we I we're gone on two hours. That's fucking beautiful, bro. Wow. Um we'll end with this question, Marcus, because you're a believer and you give me your your take on this. Um was Jesus the blue-eyed, blonde-haired lights can do that they you know a lot, a lot of pictures depict them to be um i don't i don't know if he was blue eyed he would i do think he was light skinned because he was a jew i mean you know. yeah so but do you think uh like he looked like what's his name from fucking from creed <laughs> nah, bro, i don't think they you know how they make them seem all like you know, he must have been very anglo they make him seem very anglo they 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 picked them as okay. I I, I don't believe in, in fucking yeah. hipster Jesus at the brewery, bro. That's what he looked like. I don't I don't. <laughs> That's what he looks like, dude. Picture him as this really good looking man. You know what I mean? Like they picture him like really nice, nice hair. Uh, Jesus looks like an incentive like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I don't picture him like that, but I do. I do think he was light skinned. Does he? Did he have green eyes? I don't think so. I mean, blue eyes or whatever. I mean, um, I, I don't, I don't think he looked like that, but I mean, if you, if you look like I have a lot of Jewish buddies and also Middle Eastern friends, with a little and, uh, they all, they're like, dude, they were like, oh, well, you know, he looked like someone that you would probably sell a phone to in Westwood. And I'm just like, what? And yeah. then I right, see, uh, Yashua says revelation one, 14 through 15, 14, his head and his hairs were white, like wool as white as snow and his eyes were uh, were a fl- a f- as a flame of fire and his feet like unto fine brass and if they burned in a furnace and his voice as a sound uh, voice as a sound of many waters so his head and his hairs were white like wool as white as snow so did he look like gandalf or what <laughs> i i read that verse before and you got to think about it like as a believer when I read that, I mean, I, 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 I can't 
picture him. You can't picture him with the green eyes and everything. I what that means to me is like he was a strong personality. He had a strong presence. Um, you know, he was just he, he was Christ. You know what I mean? Like that was Jesus. So I picture him as like a strong personality. And when I read that, that's what I feel. That yeah. I I mean I read that before. Yeah. And, um, you know, all the stuff he's he's pasting on here is um, very familiar with what I've read before, and it's the Book of Revelation, of course, which actually is my favorite section of the Bible, <laughs> and then uh, Jer- uh, the Book of Jeremiah too. So, um, well, man, we should do a part two of this shit, man, because we can go on forever talking about this, and, and no, no disrespect. I like he's quoting Genesis, which is the first book in the Bible. Um, no, no disrespect to anyone who believes this stuff. This is just my personal opinion. But, you know, I grow re- now. This is what I, I meant to say. I grew really curious about everyone's religion because, you know, I'll, I'll throw up a name here that a lot of people should know about. Um, Mr. Daryl Davis, um, you know, black, black guy who basically turns a lot of white supremacists and KKK members they turn on new leave black Panther, any kind of supremacy related kind of people. Mm-hmm. He flips the script on them, dude, just by sitting down and having a conversation with them, dude. Yeah. That's the crazy part. And, um, it's funny how I've, I've become that kind of person with, um, with people. And that's why a lot of people kind of get mad at me. And you've seen this on the common threads. Yeah. You're like, hey, how can you be a fucking friends with that fool? He's a fucking racist. I'm like, I fucking love Edgar, man. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, man, like if you just give Daryl Davis a chance, like mm-hmm. re- re- uh, read his book or watch his videos. And, you know, do I aspire to be someone like that? Maybe. I don't know that. But like, I always wanted to like when I first, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. When I first started uh, playing in a band, I met my first white supremacist, bro. Mm-hmm. And he liked our music. And um, he started talking to me how, you know, you know, N-word this is plaguing that. And uh, he was saying all, all these dirty wetbacks and all these Mexicans. And I looked at him, I'm like, you know, I'm Mexican, right? And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm hundred percent beaner, man. I'm actually a white indigenous, you know, looking Mexican. Yeah. And he looked like, Oh shit. Like he just was like, and I'm like, bro, like you haven't been locked up and seen like my peeps, uh, like, you know, the Southsiders or the Paisas, they, they look, there's a lot of them that look like me. And, um, he, ever since then, dude, I, I still keep in contact with this guy little by little, he started growing his hair out. He got some tattoos removed. He got married to a Latina. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name was, his name was Robert. I, never, I, I forgot his last name. And he moved to Bell Gardens, bro. No way. He, um, he, I don't know if it was me. Cause you know, you, I, I never know, dude. It could be one defining moment in a person's life that just completely changes them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Boris, you know exactly what I go through, man. Fuck, you know, us light-skinned motherfuckers, man. We don't, I mean, paint is brown. We kind of look, I, I would probably pass for your, you know, your cousin. Yeah. But like, you know, I, you know, I grew up with that reverse prejudice, bro. You know, 
you know, my, there's, my there's people, people from Culiacan, people yep. from Sonora, people yep. white, blue eyes, green eyes. Yeah. Like uh, when someone told me like, oh, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez is, is Mexican. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Canelo is Jalisco. Mexican. He's from Jalisco. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it looks so Irish. I'm like, let me yeah. tell you a story. There was a boat. It was headed to, you know, the 13 colonies and one of them just kind of went the other way. <laughs> Only one of them. Yeah, man. He started and the it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really crazy, but, um, but shit, man. But yeah, 6'1", blonde, blue eyes from Venezuela. Exactly. I'm 6'3". I have fucking brown hair and hazel eyes and I look like, I've, like fucking Ivan Drago, bro. Yeah, honestly, Jesus would probably look like you, bro. They, that's not the first time I've heard that, man. That's so scary, dude. Don't tell me that. With a Dodger hat and fucking Atlanta King Taco on Third Street. No, 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 just say it here and then um let me let me put this up on the banner so everyone can see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your uh IG is uh DJ Rocka one. I'm the first DJ one Rocka one. Okay, so let me add that there and then show it on the screen. So that's the go. IG. Yeah. Um, so be sure to follow. Uh believe when when is the next live stream they have scheduled? Um, I'm actually thinking of doing one next week, just a music one, uh, like, uh, plain old school disco freestyle stuff on, online. Okay. but on Facebook, uh, on Facebook, okay, um, perfect. we were talking about, hopefully me and you could get together, do like small 15 minute segments and then some music and then, you know, going back and forth, maybe for a few hours, uh, you know. Boris, Boris wants a death metal night. Don't threaten me with a good time, bro. Don't threaten me with a good time. And thank you, Anthony. Hey, and uh, Yashua, thank you guys for chiming man. in too, bro. Appreciate Everybody you. who's on, I appreciate you guys. But um, yeah, thanks again. Let's uh, let's let's do a follow up and see. Maybe we can get our old colleagues on it too, so we can start talking. Yeah, some man. Shit. Maybe we can. Yeah, man. Talk a lot of shit because that's all we used yeah. to do. That's yeah. all we used to do uh, for lunchtime. For fucking afterwards, Benny Hanna's <laughs> fucking dude, this shit was wild, man. I had a blast. Yeah. I had a blast. Hundred so, percent. I, I never, I never had a job like that again. That was probably the yeah. Best and again, shout out to uh, Que Padre Clothing. It's uh, the handle is at uh, Que Padre dot Clothing Co on Instagram. Yes, it's Latino Dad page. It's pretty badass and again they'll they'll be having a uh, live stream on instagram on tuesday um be sure to look out for my post uh continue all the information too because i'll be resharing like as i always do and you too marcus when you know you go live uh you know you don't hesitate to let me know when you're going live because one thing i learned from this pandemic shit that's been going on is each other out man all right all right <laughs> Yeah, I love love hey, love all the time. I always say to to all my all my all my peeps is like all love brown pride. So and they're like brown pride, oh my god. 
Thanks for having me, bro. I had uh, of course, man. Hey, thank you again. We'll do a follow-up and um hasta la, hasta la, hasta la, hasta la, hasta la vista, baby. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys.